A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve apostles and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits, they were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe, woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. There is a wonderful little wisdom story from the Zen Buddhist tradition. But in order to glean its wisdom, you have to be awake and alert from the get-go, or else the story's insight, it will slip right through your fingertips. And even then, you will still probably fail to grasp it. But try. Try to grasp it. So let your mind be immersed in the story already upon hearing the first syllable. For as in all things, wisdom comes and goes like a flash. Do you think you're ready? Do you think you have the ears to hear? Let's find out, shall we? A monk once said to his master, I am poor and destitute. I beg of you, master, please help me and make me rich. The master's only response to the request was to call the monk by his name, to which the monk replied, Yes, master. Then the master said, Having tasted three cups of the best wine, do you still say that your lips are not yet moistened? And yeah, that's the end of the story. <laughs> so did you get it? Are you enlightened now? <laughs> Like I said, the wisdom of this story, it comes and goes like a flash. Like the monk, we had three opportunities to grab a hold of wisdom, to have our aha moment, to have our eyes opened. But by the end, we find that our lips are still parched. 
So let's circle back around to the beginning and walk through the story once more, shall we? The monk says that he is poor and destitute, and he begs his master to make him rich. Now, he's not talking about literal poverty here. He's talking about inner poverty. To put it in Jesus' words, he's acknowledging that he is poor in spirit. And he wants to know what his master can do for someone who is so poor in spirit. If only he could become rich in spirit, then, then he will be happy, he thinks. But he doesn't realize that his acknowledgement of his inner poverty, this self-awareness, this is actually the first taste of the best wine. And his willingness to be open and transparent and not hypocritical about this with his master, this is the second taste of that best wine. And the third taste is his willingness to learn from his master about how he might become rich in spirit. His yes master is the third taste. But the master concludes by wondering why the monk is still so parched. After all, this monk has enough self-awareness to see his inner poverty, and he has enough humility to talk about it openly in a genuine way with his master. And he has enough wisdom to know that he doesn't know everything, that somebody else can help him, teach him. He is truly open to the world around him. He's awake. He hasn't trapped himself in his own ego like most people have. Like, what other riches could you possibly expect to gain other than these virtues that you have just exhibited in this very conversation? How can you call this inner poverty, right? You are self-aware. You are humble. You are wise. You're not led by your own ego. Your openness about your inner poverty is your richness of spirit. The thing that you're looking for is the very thing that you have had all of this time. You've been gulping down the best wine all along. How can you say that you are still thirsty? My friends, do you get it now? And not just on a theoretical level, but do you have the ears to hear? This little Zen story reminds me of one of Andy Bernard's last lines from the final episode of The Office. As the series wraps up, most everyone who used to work in The Office, they've now moved on to bigger and better things in life. Most have landed their dream jobs or their ideal situations in life. They finally have the thing, you know, the thing that they had been working so hard for, for so many years. But there's a lot of irony in this. I mean, before all of their dreams came true, and while they were still working together in the office, most of them were pretty miserable. <laughs> Which makes the show so funny, right? <laughs> uh, if, you've, if you're not familiar with it, if you are familiar, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The kind of the awkwardness of their miserableness, uh, <laughs> they're commiserating together, right? I mean, they really didn't like their jobs. And working in the office, it was pretty mundane and unfulfilling, just like a lot of jobs are for many people. And they found their boss, especially Michael Scott, <laughs> to be extremely annoying. 
and most couldn't wait to get out of there. To put it in one character's words, after watching somebody quit, he said, I love a good quitting story. It makes me feel like I have control over my own life. It gives me hope. Maybe I will have one of my own someday. (laughs) But I dream. While they were there in the office for all of those years, most folks were dreaming about being somewhere else, about being not in that office, right? But here's the irony. In the end, Andy Bernard, he reflects back on his time there. And even though he has now landed his dream gig, the thing that he always imagined would just make him incredibly happy, he suddenly finds himself deeply missing his time in the office. He misses his co-workers and all of the experiences that he shared with them. And he realizes that he didn't make the most out of that season of life while he was still experiencing it. And he concludes by saying this, I wish there was a way to know that you are in the good old days before you've actually left them. He realized that back then, even though all of those years in the office, they were less than ideal for him, he realizes they were still the good old days. He just couldn't see them for what they were while he was in it. This is precisely the point that the Zen master was trying to drive home to the monk. You are already living in the good old days. Wake up. Wake up, stupid. (laughs) Wake up. Don't let the good old days pass you by. Don't let the wisdom of this moment pass you by. The fact that you are self-aware, humble, wise, and not enslaved to your ego in this very moment, it proves that you already have everything that you could ever need. It proves that you are already rich in spirit. For happiness can only ever be found in this present moment. If you have this present moment, if you were awake to it, you already have everything you will ever need to be happy. This is the heart and center of Jesus' wisdom teaching on happiness this morning as well. I mean, most of us think this way. If only I had more money, more stability, then I would be truly happy. If only I had less things to weep about, to be anxious about, then I would be really happy. If only more people liked me, if only I was more popular, (laughs) then I would be deeply happy. But for Jesus, happiness or blessedness, blessed means happy in the New Testament, happiness is not the absence of poverty or the absence of hunger or the absence of suffering or the absence of loneliness. Happiness is not the absence of difficulty. Nor is happiness synonymous with the presence of abundant wealth or overflowing cupboards or a life filled with laughter. Nor is happiness synonymous with fame and popularity. And Jesus actually calls those who are poor, hungry, broken, and destitute happy because they are closer to the truth than those who are rich, well-fed, jovial, and shallow, and popular. Why? Because the person who can find happiness in the midst of suffering, well, they've found everything. 
Like, what else do you need? If you get to the place where suffering and difficulty cannot strip you of your happiness, then yeah, you pretty well have this life figured out, don't you? You know that regardless of what life throws at you, the good old days are never going to leave you because you carry them with you wherever you go. You know that the good old days are not about external pleasant life circumstances, but they're about the internal life that you have cultivated regardless of life's circumstances. You know what it means to taste the best wine, always. Because you know what it means to discover the true self, always. And you understand that things like wealth, comfort, and peace cannot contribute a thing to your happiness. Nor can the absence of these things take anything away from your happiness. So you've stopped looking for happiness outside of this present moment. You've stopped looking for someone or something to fix the inner poverty that you feel. Rather, you've embraced your inner poverty as if it were your greatest treasure. Because it is. You realize that even if you have nothing, you still have everything. While other people who may think they have everything, like money, power, and fame, they actually have nothing. So my friends, if you want to be happy, stop trying to be happy. Happiness is not divorced from this present moment. Happiness is this present moment. In this present moment, even if it is less than ideal and full of suffering, you are still alive, questioning, listening, responding. Your heart is still beating inside of your chest. What else could you ever possibly need than this? You are rich beyond measure. And Jesus teaches us that happiness is not the evasion of suffering, but the acceptance of it. Happiness is not about repressing pain, but about leaning into it. All of life, all of it, is the cross. If you spend your entire life trying to avoid the cross, you will never know what it means to be resurrected. The only way to your empty tomb is through your cross. The only way through the valley of the shadow of death is through it. Happy are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Happy are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Happy are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Most people, I think, they interpret these little sayings of Jesus like this. Yeah, even if you're poor right now, or hungry right now, or devastated right now, it's okay. Whenever you get to heaven someday, then... Then you'll be truly happy. (laughs) But this is not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying that we will discover happiness someday. We just need to wait it out and deal with the suckiness of life, right? (laughs) Until then. No. He's saying that everything we need to be happy is already present in the here and now. We just don't see it. We don't become happy 
by ignoring our poverty or our hunger or our brokenness. No, we discover our happiness by accepting these things, by accepting the hand that has been dealt to us in life. And yeah, none of us wants to suffer, right? The less suffering, the better. It's true. But we actually end up inflicting more suffering upon ourselves whenever we try to desperately avoid suffering. The avoidance of suffering is also suffering. It's the greatest kind of suffering, actually. For example, it's never pleasant to think about death. But if we spend our entire lives avoiding the thought of death, hiding from death, it's only going to cause more suffering in the end as death draws near. The avoidance of suffering is the greatest form of unhappiness there is. My friends, so many of us are just like the monk in that Zen story. We pray to our master Jesus and we ask him to take away our inner poverty. We ask him to make us somehow into better versions of ourselves, richer versions of ourselves. Little do we realize that we have already taken three gulps of the best wine. The fact that we are acknowledging our inner poverty before our master and that we're open to his healing touch, it shows that we are already rich in spirit. We will stop walking away from prayer feeling so parched the moment that we accept Jesus' acceptance of us. We'll stop walking away from prayer so parched the moment that we let ourselves be exactly who we are and exactly where we are at in life. For you are already living in those good old days, right now, in this very moment, this very second, my friends. Don't let them pass you by. Wake up. Wake up to them or else life will pass you by, just like that Zen story did upon your first hearing of it. <laughs>